Welcome to I Like to Movie Movie. My name is Garrett Smith. My name is Dan Scully. And uh, this is the podcast all about movie movies. Absolutely. Straight out of Philadelphia, motherfucker. Yo, Fluffy Eagles, dude. That's right. Uh, dude, don't even start, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> we are coming, I guess not even that hot off of our last live show. We, we, took, a, we took a little break there. Yeah, uh, that, was a, that was a big one. And that was a, it was a great show. Uh, thank you to everybody that came out and enjoyed it with us. We had a great time talking Oscar movies. That was a really fun show, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, and thank you to our guests, that, uh, Chris O'Connor, uh, uh, John Lalu, and Rick Giuliani. Yeah. We're fantastic. Uh, we had fun. It was great. Uh, and this month, we are gearing up to do Schwarzenegger movies. Schwarzenegger uh, Which movies. we haven't even really put too much of an APB out on yet, but that is uh, an all-points bulletin for those of you that are paying attention. That's happening now. Uh, that literally happened today. Yes. It's, uh, it's, uh, if you haven't so gotten your invite yet, uh, you'll get it today. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it's it, but uh, yeah, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, That's this right. man is uh, for an Austrian man. He's an American institution. Mm-hmm. He lifted weights so hard that he became the most ultimate badass action hero. He ended up growing into a pretty talented actor. I would he agree. started to run the state of California, uh-huh. and uh, now he's back, just pumping out uh, more and more movies. It's it's really unreal that 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 uh, this man has had the career that he has. But uh, it's and a what testament a to his is. hard work and the fact that he, he just has some charisma and really made Hollywood his bitch in, in every way. I mean, he's made some of my favorite movies. Like, oh, absolutely. No, no question, this dude has made some he of my favorite movies. He is a movies. genre of movie. Yeah, he is, you know, yes. And I think that that's, that's an it. important thing to say is, is this. Yeah. Exactly. And, and the movie that we're doing uh, today is True Lies. Yes. And uh, this, I've gone on record as saying multiple times, having watched it again just a few minutes ago, I still stand by it. It is not only my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie ever made, but it is my favorite James Cameron movie ever made, and and I I'm I, I will absolutely fight that to the end. I think that's that, I mean, listen, I'll disagree with you on both of those counts, yeah, but still uh, tell uh, you uh, how much I love this movie. Oh, absolutely. Wait, what's your favorite Schwarzenegger movie? I'm curious. Uh, it's the Terminator. Oh, uh, and, and also favorite my favorite James, James Cameron movie. Fair uh, enough. Uh, the Terminator. And I the just, thing is, I think it can be argued. It, listen, you know, that movie just speaks more to me and my oh, taste. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, that is just like a frightening '80s action movie. Oh, I, absolutely. I just the, those three words describe mostly my favorite things when it comes to movies. I think the reason why I love True Lies so much more than so many other movies yeah. is is that. For me, at the end of the day, I can nitpick a movie's technical aspects, its performance aspects, and all of that. But the one thing, and uh, this is actually a quote, uh, somewhat a misquote from my buddy Scott Pegnati, who's been on the show before. Mm-hmm. Scotty uh, Pegnati. Scotty P. And he was like, the first movie was a was a train moving. <laughs> He's like, and at the end of the day, like it started as spectacle. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what I think he's getting at there is that it's about the feeling of it. Yeah. And this is a movie that for, for a movie that's two and a half hours long and could arguably have portions excised uh-huh. that, you know, I think are necessary, but aren't necessarily <laughs> necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you'll, if you've seen it, you know what I mean? This is a movie that is concerned primarily with entertaining me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it works so hard to do it. And, yeah. and a lot of movies seem to be so primarily concerned with making a point mm-hmm. or showcasing a certain actor mm-hmm. or, or just, you know, any, or just, oh, we've, we discovered a new special effect. Now let's build a movie around it. Mm-hmm. This is none of those things. It is primarily about entertaining me. 
That being said, it is about the central performance of an actor. It actually it is about crazy filmmaking technique, and it's all of these things. It's all of those things. But every ounce of that is secondary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It really succeeds on that. Well, you brought up an interesting thing that I think is a good way to maybe kick off talking about True Lies, uh, as we were we were sort of getting into the the first act of the movie, which is just that you watch this movie and you you look at the the other movies James Cameron has made, and and I think you are probably more specifically talking about the James Cameron that made Titanic and Onward. Um, I'd throw The Abyss in there, the, too. Okay, sure, I think yeah. The Abyss it has has so much fucking fat on it, mm-hmm. and it is it is such an egotistical and I, like you know what, I, self-serving movie, but at the end of the day, it's it's a great flick. I love that movie so much, I love but it. you totally, you are 100% right about you that. You saying? just sold me on that totally, yes, 100%. And, and the thing is, that I, that's hardly even a knock against it. It's yeah. kind of what, it's the brand of James Cameron yeah, that yeah. I expect, where it's like, I have the, I can afford to be excessive, so I'm really just going to be excessive. Mm-hmm. It's just a shame that James Cameron's tastes don't always coincide with mine. Right. I hate octopus. Right. And and so, you know, but at, at the same at the same time when you watch The Abyss, like that is a truly impressive, oh, effective yeah. movie. Oh, it's yeah. thrilling. It, oh, it yeah. is in so it's not a knock. Right. Uh, but but uh, the point you were making was that like when he tries that hard, sometimes he fucking falls flat on his face. Oh, absolutely. Or at the very least, it's clear he's trying that hard to like craft something that is like we're all going to go like, you are a perfect God. We bow down oh, yeah, to yeah. you, you know? Uh, this movie is him just being so loose and having so much it fun. It seems carefree. Yeah. It uh, seems very uncharacteristic and it until you like, look at the technical yeah. aspect and go, oh, he, I mean, when it comes to technical, he's, he's, he might even be the best. Uh huh. And, uh, cause he, as, as much as, uh, you know, as much as I think Avatar was a stupid movie, oh, yeah. any chance to go see that in IMAX 3D, I'm probably going to go buy a ticket and check I'm, it out again. I'm there with you 100%. Because it's fucking cool, you know? It's just, yeah. yeah. And and I think in, in that terms, he's an important filmmaker yes. because he really pushes for Listen, the technology. I just don't know if he quite gets the application of it. it I would agree with you 100%. He is breaking... True lies, it seems to work, though. I, yeah. He gets the application, or at least it's some, the planet's aligned. He's, I, I don't know. He's moving the boundaries every time he makes a movie. Absolutely. And, and, and what he's really doing is moving those boundaries so that... Like it or not, probably better filmmakers can come along and and then, oh, yeah. and work within those boundaries now. You know what I mean? I have a, a fundamental disagreement with James Cameron on one thing, but I really respect his argument. He was talking about how uh, the use of 3D in movies. He's a big proponent mm-hmm. that he's done a lot of work for it. He yep. did a great job with Avatar, and his big concern was 3D shouldn't be a novelty. Right. It should be something that makes a bigger world. A new tool. And I think that Avatar is a great case for that. Yes. But to me, 3D is a novelty. Yes. And my favorite use of it is Piranha. Uh-huh. Is, uh, interestingly enough, the original Piranha was directed by James Cameron. <laughs> That's right. But uh, 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 Jackass 3D. Friday the 13th, uh, Friday three. the 13th, <laughs> uh, when Saw did the 3D. I was yeah. the first in line. And yeah. like to me, that's where 3D is because... The spectacle of it. The spectacle of it. That being said, I think that James Cameron, even though... I think he's he has a limited view of the use of 3D because sure. I think it can be used for both. Mm-hmm. I prefer the eye popping, you know, whoa, mm-hmm. we're pointing mm-hmm. at you. Harold and Kumar 3D, mm-hmm. uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. But then again, without something like Avatar, we wouldn't get things like gravity. And so that goes to what you're saying is that his his insistence upon pushing the technology as far as he can uh, really does open the door. It and does. So since he's got the money, he may not have the complete talent that I want, but God bless him for trying. As long as we're on the topic, really quick, Hugo, I think, is actually the best example of 3D I've ever seen. That's and great. it's because motherfucker Cameron broke open the door and then filmmaker Scorsese came in Absolutely. behind him and was like, here's how you use this in a way that both tackles the spectacle 
and is actually like you know Cameron's idea, like and kind a movie, of and Hugo's a movie that's literally about the spectacle of film. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I, it's insane. That is a movie you get to watch real Melies films in 3D. It's I saw unreal. the trailer and I was like, this is a movie I'm gonna hate. There's no oh, reason yeah. for me to like that movie as much as I do, and I love that movie. It is a beautiful movie about movies. But oh, yeah. we're talking about True Lies, and to your point, the reason we're talking about what we were just talking about is it's just him loosely having fun. Oh, he, yeah. he like steps back a little bit from this like pedestal he's trying to put himself on and just has a good fucking time making a movie, and we end up getting like a super cinematic, great movie. His technical skills show through, yeah. and it's not necessarily that he's showing them off. It's no. just that's his interest. Yeah. You know, like He's good at that. Uh, you know what? It's crazy, because the finale of this movie, uh, we're not spoiling anything, because most people... You know, yeah. with, you know the show. We, yeah, we're going. To, yeah, we're going to spoil everything. The finale of this movie is full of technical prowess, oh, yeah. but it never feels like it's showing it off to me. I don't think I mean, it fits. It fits yeah. into the the tone of it. Well, I mean, fun fact: we were just reading this on the Wikipedia at the time of its release. Most expensive movie ever made. Absolutely. First movie to have more than a hundred million dollar production budget. That's insane. Crazy. Well, and I mean insane in the other way because now that's every other movie. Oh, every other movie. You know, like yeah. that. We have movies that are four times that that and, budget. Well, and think about this. You know, a movie. Uh, that gets made now that has that kind of budget is like you know Avatar or the Avengers. Oh, yeah. This is the movie that was made for a hundred million dollars at first. Doesn't seem like the kind of movie that would require that kind of money necessarily. No, no. I mean, it's, it's I have a tough time judging what's expensive but, by sure, film sure. standards yeah, anymore yeah. because like there was a time when it was like it's. Where, where practical effects were key because computer effects were too expensive. Yes. And, and now, now it's, it's like, we totally don't want to use practical effects because then we got to clean up the blood and it's just too too expensive. It, Let's use CGI. And you know, more it's, expensive it's, overall, it turns out. Yeah. And yeah, CGI became cheap because huh. anyone can render it. And it's kind of pretty much known that uh, most special effects studios crumble completely after they have their hit. Yeah. That's, uh, That's uh, the sad reality. Heart goes out to the, the, uh, the team yeah. behind Life of Pi. Yeah. So it's the real sad reality of uh, of the film industry. But uh, so this uh, the general throwdown of the plot here. This is based on what I think is a French film called La Totale. La Totale. With an exclamation point at the end. Yes, La Totale. <laughs> La, La, La Resistance. <laughs> and it is. Uh, I mean, based on the plot synopsis of Wikipedia, sure. it is very tight, at least in terms of the themes of it. Mm -hmm. But what this movie is is. Uh, it's equal parts uh, satire of a Bond film, yep. satire of what a Schwarzenegger film is, mm -hmm. uh, satire of what a blockbuster is. Mm -hmm. It's a romantic comedy. Mm -hmm. It is a Schwarzenegger film. Mm -hmm. It is a blockbuster film. Mm -hmm. It is a Bond film. Mm -hmm. And it's a weird social commentary on family dynamics. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's a really dense movie. And it almost feels like every aspect of all of that is accidental. Yeah, and, and uh, I don't I, know if that's true, but I, I bet some of it is. I I think it's, it's probably mostly accidental. I mean, it's the kind of movie that feels like it. Is, I would imagine the movie. I don't know this for sure, but I would imagine the movie it's based on. We were talking about this is probably a little more about the family dynamics. Oh, yeah. Uh, and well, so, and it doesn't it doesn't have the burden of being somewhat meta in terms of we're gonna make a Schwarzenegger, a Schwarzenegger brand movie. movie. Exactly, you know, it's just its own thing first. Yeah, whereas so, this is its own. You know, it's it's repackaging that. Right. So I would imagine the original movie maybe is kind of about the social commentary mm -hmm. of this husband and wife that are you know the husband is hiding things from the wife and it turns out it's the thing that is the key to the wife's happiness maybe with her husband. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, which is this it interesting. It seems like the, based on that plot synopsis that it's more focused around the actual just Simon plot. Oh, interesting. Um, at least the plot synopsis like the bulk of it is Simon. Literally at the end it's just like uh, you know and then the uh, whatever the mastermind thief is. They didn't, I don't think he even has a name yeah. They're like, they work that out. Oh. And it just has, uh, wait, the, the specific term is uh, uh, right here. 
Oh, nope, that's the entry of House of the Devil, because we were talking about that. <laughs> it's true lies. La Total. Yeah, the plot synopsis ends with the phrase, uh, they thwart the arms dealer's plan of blowing up a football stadium in Paris and all ends well. <laughs> but the whole bulk of the big yeah. paragraph is all about Simon. The Simon. Ah, which, you know, they keep the same. But, I mean, I, I think that speaks to your point there. Yeah, is yeah, that yeah. That it, it probably was focused on that. I think so. And this movie really still is about that. It yes. just wraps it in it, the most badass American action shit. movie uh. package, uh, w- which is really interesting. So I do. I have a feeling. And at a time when the American action movie was kind of like, it was a little groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is hot. This is 1994. So this is the era of Demolition Man, of yeah. Time Cop. You yeah. know, it's it's things like that where. Where we had these these action hero led vehicles that were just we throw you know millions of dollars at Peter Hyams and we're like just play play with that you it know? was our export yeah yeah it, it really was one was. of our big exports at the time it invented a thing I mean yeah. this is this is pre expendables y'all yeah. <laughs> you know this is yeah it's uh and I it, I wonder too actually do you know when did Last Action Hero come out uh, the year before the summer of nineteen ninety three I was gonna say this might have been the first movie to well, play well, on that the summer idea of a was kind of movie. like the like Last Action Hero um wasn't well received mm-hmm. and I I submit that when you watch it it's actually kind of brilliant I can't wait to see that yeah uh, it's it's a brilliant commentary but in nineteen ninety three Schwarzenegger was actually fading right and it kind of just became like all right. We get what a Schwarzenegger movie is. Mm-hmm. The, the same way we do with everything. Like mm-hmm. We're at the point now where we're post-Liam Neeson action yeah. hero. So it's like, oh, another one? Let's yeah, see yeah. if it's one of the good ones or one of the bad ones. Right. And, and Schwarzenegger was that. And so that was, uh, that was supposed to be his return, the mm-hmm. last action hero. But I think a lot of people didn't quite get what it was going for. Even mm-hmm. at the time it came out, I was a kid, but yeah, I, yeah, I didn't yeah. get it either so much. Mm-hmm. Now over time, I, I mean, it's fucking McTiernan too, so he's yeah. of that. And so I think this one became a... Uh, but by having a, a pro, uh, I, I all say it, a more talented filmmaker behind the mm-hmm. lens than McTiernan per se, um, technically at least. For yeah, sure. you know, we they were able to sell that concept of something that's a little less aggressively commentary, mm-hmm. and like we said, almost accidentally. Mm-hmm. And so it became like a oh, even Schwarzenegger gets it. Yeah, he's cool again. And then it was shortly after this that he kind of went into politics. That's right. Yeah, that, you know? I mean that's the thing. This is one of the last. This is sort of the end of the Schwarzenegger era. It's he, close to it. Close to it because he was getting heavier into politics. He was wasn't governor until after the two thousands. Right. But either way, he was getting into that and philanthropy work and all mm-hmm. that. So then we started getting, you know, just a little uh, you know, watered down Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. As he was getting more into that, we were getting the six day and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because on his way out of that too, we got like sabotage. It was okay. Yeah, you know, the what, last that's... stand. It was okay, but we're also getting Terminator Five. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, now yeah. it's starting to pick up like Schwarzenegger. He's, I, he's doing it. I want to see him come back. I would love to see him as like a like a father figure in something. Oh yeah, you know. Um, Actually, to tell you the truth, it, it's not a perfect movie, but Sabotage really utilizes old man Schwarzenegger properly. I'd oh, say. interesting. Okay. Um, and, and the last five minutes, as I said to to Pete earlier, mm-hmm. is like is just like vintage grade uh, Schwarzenegger. Okay. It, it's so good. Cool. But the movie generally sucks. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's that's it's certainly worth watching. Yeah, I, I heard uh, you know David Ayers made two movies this year. You only need to see one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and that's the thing when you watch it. Like I I get the flavor of Ayers, so it, yeah. it fits into it. But yeah, you know. Uh, 
the thing the thing that I loved about well we were talking you know this is something I did want to get into one one thing is you, you were saying before about all the sort of things that this movie is doing this movie is doing a lot of stuff mm. uh, and the way that not weighed it, down by it though no it's no. not and the way it handles it is kind of interesting is it sort of it just takes on a pretty distinct three act structure although each one seems to have its own oh, it has three its act own, structure there's three mini it, movies you know? kind it of it is you know? it's the the opening of this movie the first half hour or so is a Bond commentary mm-hmm. it, it's 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 a it's not a parody of Bond. It's so close too. Yeah, it really walks that line. It, I mean, they definitely do like the wetsuit gag. Yep. That I would say is parodical as opposed to satirical. Sure. Yep. But even in terms of like, you know, it's not Austin Powers or anything. Right. You know? Yeah. It's not big. It, it. We were saying before. It. It is more along the lines of an Edgar Wright movie. It's not quite mm. that much of a parody, but it's more along the lines. It has of enough it parody to genre. purchase our suspension of yes. disbelief later in the movie. Yes, and I, I think that's that's what they're going for. But it's sort of it lives in the genre, you know. Yeah. Like oh, it, yeah. it feels like it's not that far off from a Bond. Movie. It's not until I got older that I realized the the, right. the parody elements of it. Yes, you know when I it was just another Schwarzenegger yeah. movie when I was nine. As a kid, I was a cool spice. Yeah. I get this, you know, because it does it, it 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 exists as a spy movie. You know, it's not oh, outside yeah. of that, but at the same time. Charlton Heston is the leader of the organization with an eye patch. With a big eye patch and you know scarred I mean? up face. Like, yeah. it, it, they are, the commentary is there. You oh, know? yeah. Uh, and and, and, and like, that's another element where he is almost played for parody. Yes. But it's less of a, like, how silly is that when they right. do that than it is a, like, this is one of those. It, you know, we're in that world. Yeah, it's know? so strange. This movie walks this very fine line that I, I, I have so much trouble specifying what it is. Mm. But it could be so fucking stupid. This mm. movie could be so stupid. Oh, it could have failed miserably. So yeah. stupid. But it's not like it. It is. It is so fun. Like I, I have nothing but love for this movie, and I can't quite explain it. It just walks this line very finely, oh, yeah. and it does it very well. I think also too, it it does exist kind of before. Like we live in a culture now where something happens a week later, there's a parody, yep. and then a month later, we hate the parody, we hate the original, we hate it all. Yep. And so like this is kind of before it's that. Pre irony. So yeah, yeah, it's pre irony. It's pre cynicism. Cynicism. You know, that's and more, that's, that's, that's really it. And yeah. and once again, that's another one that's pre nine eleven. And um, actually, uh, we can get we'll get into the plot mechanics later because one of the things that I talked about early on in the film when we were watching it yeah. that I think is worth mentioning is in terms of. Uh, you know, it being cinematic with the fight scenes. One of the very first sequences is this brutal, very cinematic bathroom fight scene That's that, great. honestly, it in a weird way, uh, the the fight scene in the bathroom of The World's End is indicative of it. Yeah, yeah. And it's that level of silly, but it doesn't play as silly because we're not... In 1994, we're not the assholes we are now where everything is mm, fake. Yeah, yeah, fake. Yeah, yeah. Oh, why doesn't he just do that? Yeah. And it's like, well, because he's too busy beating a man with a urinal. Yeah, you know, like, it's so fucking it's cinematic, insane. you idiot. Yeah. And, and it really works, and there's there's a poetry to the scene. I mean, yeah. there's a part he kicks the gun across the floor, <laughs> and even though the realistic fight scene in me is going, well, while he's kicking that gun, that guy should be stabbing him. Yeah. Instead, I'm paying attention to the gun, and they draw it back later when yeah. he slides in the shitty piss water to grab <laughs> the gun. To grab the gun. And it, it's when we look at something like a Bourne, we're so obsessed in these Bourne movies with it being tactically correct yeah. that that it, we're you know they're so par- <clears throat> paranoid that the audience is going to be like, well that's fake, yeah. That that they want to play it real, and in order to mask how uncinematic tactical fighting is, you have to make it choppy and downright unwatchable. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. It's probably my biggest pet peeve in any film. I agree. And uh, I I hate that. Mm-hmm. 
And so then you see something like this where I don't really think about like, oh, that's so fake. Urinals wouldn't break like that if yeah. you smash someone's skull on it because I'm too busy being like, yippee! I know. <laughs> it, it works. And I'll tell you, I miss that lack of cynicism so much. And, and here's something that, that having Schwarzenegger buys you, and it's why like we, uh, I mean, like it or not, like I, I want to see more super cut dudes come up through Hollywood oh, yeah. to be action stars because... I buy it when he rips a fucking hand warmer off the wall. Oh, yeah. I buy that because it's Schwarzenegger. He's huge. I think that's essentially, now that I'm thinking about it, I think that's why, to me, like the early Fast and Furious movies are just like stupid. Yeah. Is because they tried to take themselves seriously and it came out fake. Yeah. And then by the time the fifth one came out, they were like, oh, this is just going to be a joyous... Like we know why we're here. Uh-huh. Let's do it, and uh, it's a superhuman movie. Why not have it have superhuman feats? And and then you cast you know, the rock, and you cast the rock, exactly. so that a guy can explode through a concrete wall, and you're like, I buy it. Yeah, the rock can do that. Yeah, yeah, he does that on Thursdays. Yeah, you know, like it's yeah, and and so I think that that is why those have suddenly become beloved. Yeah, is because they capture a little bit of that. There is no cynicism in mm-hmm. in a latter day uh, Fast and Furious yeah. movie that I can find. It's taking joy in in what you can do uh, with a cam. It's making a movie movie. It's taking oh, yeah. joy with. What you can do with a camera and some effects and a little bit of money and some good actors. Correct me if I'm wrong. Does a single good guy die in this movie? I don't think so. I can't think of one. I don't one. think so. Even Simon gets left to live. Oh, because yeah. really he's not bad. He's just, oh, he's bad. He's fucked up. He's a pretty fucked up yeah, dude. He's, he's, he's doing almost fucked up a rapist. Women. Yeah, that's but, uh, right. But at the same time, he's also, uh, it's clear that he has issues. You know, yeah, he's, he's, he pisses his pants. Yeah. Not once. Twice. <laughs> but twice. We need that joke two times, baby. And it we works both times. times. <laughs> both times. Uh, oh, to, but so uh, to, to wrap up a point, I'm, I'm trying to get better oh, at this yeah, in the podcast. No, 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 don't, please. I love that our podcast we, we can take these uh, wild tangents as long as i'm trying to get better at tying them back in too so that's the first act the second act literally like you almost completely forget that this movie is about this terrorist that he's fighting in that bathroom mm-hmm. and becomes about he's a spy that has to lie to his wife and not tell her who he is and then she's super unhappy because she thinks she has this boring life with this guy that's never there and like listen it's, n- it's actually, who she legit loves she totally loves this they've man. just grown apart they've grown apart and they've grown apart because he doesn't spend time with her he legitimately and they've grown bored not, of routine yeah he's not upholding his end of the bargain in yeah. their marriage he's not straight up he's not whatever the well, reason it's the is the classic thing with I mean it is just they've taken the spy job and made it a 9 to 5 yep. but I think that's a classic trope is you know dad comes home they say you were never there and he says well I was working for you guys yep. and then they go well we didn't want the money we wanted you yep. and it is that story which we've totally. seen a million times just told in it with the, and, he's, he's an international action hero well <laughs> and, and you get this added thing of like you know the the and, and maybe this is where the movie is we talked about this a little bit and I'm sure we'll talk about it more as the show goes on it really feels like this movie actually avoids some of the politicking of of gender roles oh yeah uh, uh, uh and maybe this is where the, it gets a little bit difficult but it does play on the idea of well housewives that are bored have the fantasy of the exciting husband oh, right yeah. uh but what what the, how this movie almost avoids the politics of that is it brilliantly i th- i think this whole second act is about yeah, but the thing that she wants, the thing that would excite her, the thing that would spark your marriage again is exactly what you are. Oh, yeah. It's the man that you are. Is, well, is, even even the, the lines that Simon feeds her. Yes. Like when they're when they're spying on them at the restaurant mm-hmm. and Tom Arnold and Schwarzenegger are uh, si- are uh, sitting in the van listening into his conversation. And as as Bill Paxton, Simon is like talking about his life and schmoozing. Yep. 
uh, in the card, uh, Harry and uh, no, I can't think of Tom Arnold's name. Oh God, what is his name? Whatever it is, they're Fuck. they're looking at each other and laughing like, "Can you fucking believe this guy?" But kudos to Arnold because in his face, he's sitting there going like, "This guy is is spot on to how I feel in, yeah. in a way. Like he is he is tuned in to exactly what a spy is. He's just adult." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, just ups to Bill Paxton. He's like super funny in this movie. You know, what? I tweeted this earlier when we were watching the movie, yeah. and I'm going to say this right now. Yeah. If you cannot tell the difference between Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman, oh, you're an idiot. You are an idiot. You're an idiot. That's that is uh, insane. I I have a harder time, and this is going to sound weird, uh, with him and Ed Harris. For some reason, Bill Paxton and Ed Harris are the same actor to me. I have much more of a, t- a harder time telling those two apart for some reason than I do Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman. That doesn't make any sense to me. Albert Gibson. That's that's. Oh, Tom that's Arnold. right. Yeah, Albert. Albert yes. Uh, no, but I and and I yeah I, I I could actually see that more especially with older man Bill Paxton. Mm-hmm. Then again, uh, I was watching a movie with uh, I I won't say it because I'm not I can't publish it yet. But uh, uh, what's I just want to call him Jackson Pollock because he was in Pollock. Uh, Ed Harris, he does not look the same as he used to. He's no. old. He yeah. got really old. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah. He was wonderful in the, actor. Well, he was at the what was he, he was in the finale of um uh Snowpiercer, right? Right. That was him. Oh shit! Right? Yeah. yeah, I've totally forgot about Looking that. Looking old. Yeah. Looking I pretty need old. To revisit that. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to, yeah. It's yeah. on Netflix. Oh, uh, but so second act is all about this relationship between yeah. the two of them, and, and I think pretty brilliantly that is the interesting commentary, which is just like, be honest with your spouse. Maybe the thing, maybe the thing that would, uh, not your spouse either, your partner, right? Be honest yeah. with your partner. Maybe the thing that would that would hold you two together and keep uphold all of this thing is just some fucking honesty. You oh know? yeah. Uh, which well, is, maybe the thing that you fear sharing most is yeah. the thing that they desire. Yeah, you no, know? that's, that's an even that's better commentary. It, yeah, you know? that's super interesting. And and what's weird too is that in a weird way like it, it goes both ways in terms of like you know she like he he doesn't share I, I would say he's the one at fault generally yes but also at the same time like there is a lapse of communication on her side she doesn't really exercise the fact that she's bored right because she just feels like well he's she hides not. it from him as much as he hides it and from the, her. Uh, the one thing that i think makes him more at fault is that i'd say her reasoning behind it and i, I may be wrong i could just be projecting is just that like he wouldn't care to hear that anyway, mm-hmm. you know, like or, or, or the fear that like bringing it up means then the house of cards totally falls, yeah, right? Yeah, I think yeah. that's probably or even what that he it would is just take her. offense to like, oh, I'm not good enough for you, exactly. you know, that kind of a thing. But, and without that communication, that just snowballs. Yes, and it's, yes. But it, it's cool though, and and I really do like that that uh, because of that middle act. And and what's so interesting too is with the surrounding terrorism movie. Yes. It's not like they ever really go seeking that terrorist again. No. You know, they take two days off to do this Simon thing, <laughs> yep. and then that guy finds them because he's obsessed. Right, right. Um, but also, at the same time, there there is a... a like one of the things that, that Simon Simon says to uh, uh, to uh, Helen is when he's on the date with her is, uh, you know, I he talks about this made-up villain that he has. Yes, yes. And he's like, you know, I don't know who he is, but once I saw him, I knew I had to bring him down. Yep. And it's weird because it like is the both the villain happening. and Schwarzenegger do have that. Yeah, there's the, there, uh, uh, hey, there's another plot element of this is a cat and mouse game between oh, yeah. these two guys who don't actually know who each other oh, are. Yeah. That's sort of the, we were talking about how. Well, the whole first act really, ha- I think there's three separate beats where yes. they meet eyes across the distance and they do the Butch Cassidy like who are those guys you exactly. know like it's, it's well, totally we talked that. about this it's like the American action movie at that point had become building to the meeting of the hero yeah. and the villain right this movie they meet in the first half hour mm. it's about them not it's about them discovering each other's identities right mm. there's tension in that and what I, what yeah, I like they have the they have the climactic bathroom shootout yep. 10 minutes in 10 minutes it's in unreal yeah. it's crazy 
Uh, and then the third act, it, it goes back to the terrorism plot line that the mm. first act begins. The second act never even touches on. Mm. The third act comes back to it, but instead of being a Bond parody or commentary, is now a Schwarzenegger commentary. Absolutely. It, it, it almost excises the, the Bond stuff to become a Schwarzenegger well, commentary. Well, it gets rid of the Bond stuff, but it does hold on to the family stuff with yes. the escalation of now they have his daughter. Yep. And so they still play that, too, because his daughter has no clue why she's taken. Nope. And her first piece of information is... My dad just pulled up in a Harrier jet yeah. while I'm hanging off this building, and it's like, <laughs> jump down, <laughs> jump down, get, get in the cockpit. And and honestly, like she's not given much to do, Eliza Dushku. No, no. But that's a great moment that even though we don't know much about her character because she's essentially just the empty estranged daughter. Yep. There's a great moment there where she's just like. Whoa! <laughs> like I totally had Dad? my reality checked. Yeah, <laughs> that's literally what she says. Yeah. I love that. Uh, and, and what I like about so what what I like about the structure of this, the idea that it's like these three distinct acts, and that they actually don't really intertwine with each other as they're going on. Mm. There's so many plot threads, right? Like you've you've got the terrorism, you've got the organization they work for, uh, you've got uh, his story with his wife, his story with his daughter, uh, you've got uh, uh, the story with Simon. You, right, you've mm. got all of these. Oh, you've got the story with the art dealer, right? Like mm. you've got all of these intertwining storylines. Uh, lesser movies, and I've seen them, will try and, and I understand when they try and do this, will try and tell all of those stories in little five to ten minute increments, mm-hmm. bouncing back and forth between them, trying to keep all of the balls in the air, making sure you've got information about all of them. To it keep. definitely kind of takes its time with it. It takes you know, it its doesn't time. Try to juggle it. it really takes its time, and it it doesn't try and go like, here's a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit I of this. I wonder if that's a more modern thing that speaks to what I was saying before, like with the whole fake aspect, yeah. because we're so quick to be like, well, whatever happened to that guy? Exactly, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Come on, I, you, you forgot about this. Right. Whereas this one, I mean, I, it entertains you so hard that yeah. You never yeah. get to that. Yeah. But at the same time, like, there are points where, like, I, I guess it could, if somebody was like, what about the terrorist guy? I know. You know? There, there is a point in the second act where I could see somebody go, yeah, going, like, I wouldn't agree with them, but happened? I could definitely see it. Yeah. yeah. But he just, he, Cameron is so good at keeping you entertained. And, and again, like, I think you're right. It's more that he just, he really, he takes a deep breath, he relaxes, and he lets this story unfold as oh, it does, yeah. you know? And and what it ends up doing is it actually gives it a nice wraparound, right? It really is. The, 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 the real story here is the story between him and his wife. Mm-hmm. It's just in an American action movie package. Oh, yeah. But I think also, too, uh, one of the, one of the trappings of, of, of uh, Cameron's screenplays, at least as they are now. Yeah, absolutely. Like one of the things about, I think Terminator is a very lean movie. I mean, yeah. that's probably my second favorite Cameron movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's a very lean movie because it's, but it's almost like he, because of the limitations he was mm-hmm, operating on, mm-hmm. it's a very low budget movie yep. by a very early filmmaker. Yep. When we get to Cameron now, who has more money than God and he can do whatever he wants, when you give him a chance to write a story. Mm-hmm. He ends up writing Avatar, which you go, okay, you wrote a complete story that someone else wrote, and you put blue, you <laughs> yeah. know, blue deer people in it, and it's it's uh, and it's fine. He can write dialogue, he can write a scene, he can do all that. But I think by having a screenplay that that was, you know, it's based on another screenplay. I think by having the story laid out and the uh, the the architecture of that yep. story really already there. Then he can take his talents, which is making an interesting character, yeah. you know, making a, a funny villain, making you know, making an in-depth villain, mm-hmm. and he's not tasked with any of the morality or ethics of it. He just has to to gussy it up and turn right. it into this awesome package. So I think, not to to insult James Cameron, but I, I think that uh, because he was basing it on a pre-existing screenplay. Mm-hmm. 
he didn't really have a chance to have any sort of egotistical excess. Yep. The only excess that he had was the technical, and that's where he really shined. I so agree. It, it worked yeah. for that. I, I, you and I talked about this a little bit, and I, we would probably have to do too much research to do something on the air about this, but I, I, I am so curious to know if this was like James Cameron saw a movie that he was like, oh, yeah. I got to fucking make that movie. Or if Hollywood was like, hey, we're making, we're remaking that movie. We liked it. We want to put it in an English language. And sort of assigned Cameron to it or somehow he came to it that way. I'm just very well, it's curious. it's only three years prior to it. The I original know. is only three years prior. And it so just, it makes me wonder. really curious. Like, what well, is it about this? that makes me to this? think maybe the studio. That's Although what that's I think. more of a recent thing, too. Like, like um, uh, what's the movie? Wreck. Uh, became quarantine yeah. literally a year and a half after the original one just because Americans don't like subtitles. And also, ha- ha- had he made Terminator 2 at this point? Um, what year was Terminator 2? I don't know. I think that was 1991. Uh, ter- yeah, 1991. So it's like he already made the thing that had the studios going like, do whatever the fuck you want. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why he would take a studio job of remaking a foreign film just to do... You know what I mean? Like, I feel like at this point, he could have any job he wants, so he must have had an interest in this. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just curious what it was. You I'm know? looking through the trivia of just, just maybe. Uh, it, it says something. Um... Uh, because I do, there's a there's something interesting in this movie there, uh, uh, about the wife character that you and I were talking about a lot, which is just like there are some gender politics here, and, and a lot of movies uh, uh, in general fall victim to poor gender politics. Well, I mean, even our last episode with Rocky, yeah, uh, there was a scene that I know was considered touching, heartwarming, and charming. Yeah, and when we were watching it, we're all uncomfortable because we're like, "That is actually there's consent issues. Like yeah. that is really that's yeah. it's, it's. I mean, to over, to borrow an overused term, it's rapey. You yeah. know, like it, it it's it's really it's yeah. rapey. It's 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 kind of disgusting. And this movie has a little bit of that, right? Like Simon is tricking her oh, in yeah. a way that's that's very uncomfortable. But Simon's but painted to be a bad person. And on top of that, too, is she she is even to the po- like up to the point where they take Simon. She is resistant to it. Yes, she's going like it, it's and very she- clear that she's even going against her own comfort level, even being there. Yep. So it it doesn't. She- I don't think it necessarily paints her as as dumb or or confused or anything like that. So much as it is, it paints her as just like she's having a moment of weakness. She but is not. Once a she victim. confronts that. We- no, not at all. Once she confronts that weakness, she realizes I don't even want this guy. Right. You know, when when they bust in, she's literally got her foot on his chest, pushing him off of her. She's never a victim. She has a lot of agency in this movie, Mm. to the point where when her husband is making advances on her, but she's unaware it's her husband, Mm. she still has a lot of agency. Oh, yeah. Like really, when she finds out later that it's her husband, and they're both facing certain deaths, knocks Arnold Schwarzenegger the fuck out. out. It's totally. I didn't even think about that. There's no point of me that stops and goes. That little lady did that. She knocks him the fuck out. She really has like the performance of the movie. Uh, I mean, dude, she's great, and she deserved the Golden Globe she won for this. Oh yeah, absolutely. she is great in this movie. She is so fun. She is sexy as hell. Oh, uh, yeah. and, and 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 also decidedly unsexy. And she's dweeby. Oh, she plays unsexy very sexily and plays sexy very unsexily. It's crazy. There's a really incredible line from Tom Arnold that I thought was really really interesting, uh-huh. and it just made me even think about like a lot of you know relationships I've had in the past. Yeah. We all tend to be selfish, sure. But he says because uh, because Harry is freaking out. Like, because he, he just found out that she's cheating on yep. him. And Tom Arnold's first response is to just kind of be like, hey, man, it happens, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. But the more and more uh, 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 Harry like is up resistant to it, yeah. and he finally slams uh, uh, Tom Arnold against their van and says something threatening. And Tom Arnold goes, hey, she's a flesh and blood woman. 
you know, and you weren't you weren't there to fulfill that. And I thought that was so interesting yeah. because, and even in Arnold Schwarzenegger's face, he has the moment where he goes, "She was just a, a she was just a, a I don't want to say toy because that's too strong of a word, but you know, she was just a fixture in my life." Mm-hmm. And he's right, she is a flesh and blood mm-hmm. woman, and I think that that Jamie Lee Curtis really captures that, and oh, I yeah. think that the script really does a good job. It, it does, you know. Like, any of the parts that that we were talking about, which you know, like the dancing sequence and all that, where it could get it teeters murky. a little, right? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't even say teeters. It's just it has all the pieces to get murky. Yes, yes, yes. But then it never actually does because the movie never takes the stance of what's happening is right. You know, right, like right, any right. any sort of point makes, where it could or be. Or paints her in a way where she's like dumb or made a or, or did yeah, something she's stupid. She's never dumb. Or, like, yeah, yeah. Even when she's silly, like even when she when she realizes she's not dressed sexy to right, be a hooker right, right. and she does all that. It still isn't. It, it it's one and like you know she suddenly goes ooh I wear this well and then she slips on her heel yeah, yeah yeah but what's crazy about that is is also you know she's not going how should I put it she she's creating that character of of a hooker as it's understood socially you yeah, know? yeah and so yeah. like there there is no moment there where where there's any right or wrong applied to it mm-hmm. it's just. You know, she's following that script. I'm trying to think of a way to say this. Well, the, I, I think you get what I'm saying. I, but I do get what you're saying. There's never a judgment in terms of all this stuff. And then at the single moment where you go, man, it is fucked up what he's putting her through. Yeah. A terrorist puts a gun in his face and yeah. it's like, oh, he did fuck up and now he's going to pay the price. Yes, yes. Yeah, and, that, and so it really does weigh that. I, yeah, that it's so interesting. This movie really, yeah. It, Ethicality, it, it, morality. It, yes. Yeah, whatever. It those is. things, both words, of those words. Words, yes. yay. Uh, it's it's fascinating the way this movie plays with those gender politics. I would actually be very curious to to watch this uh, uh, w- with a woman who feels strongly about those things and see what their opinion is uh, of her character. I really think and how it, it handles it, her. It, it, I honestly think it would hold up to today's standards. I, I think so too. I really think it would. And actually, honestly, and you know me, I'm sensitive about this stuff. Oh, actually. absolutely. And I, but I also think too, like a lot of stuff really tries to be sensitive to it and then ends up stepping into tasteless territory yes. because they're trying to walk too hard. Yeah. And 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 it happens. It's bound to happen. Yep. And and I and you often see a lot of times where a movie doesn't, but you know, just because it even comments on it, the conversation gets started, yep. and then it it, it gets you know, it, it gets extrapolated into something that it yeah. might not be. I have a feeling that even even with the most volatile personality, I bet this passes. I think so. You know, I think it does pass. I, I think it does. She she just seems to have so much agency to me mm-hmm. as as a person, and and she see. She seems like a very three-dimensional person to me in this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, which you, you don't often get. And in a story that's about a man that's not treating his wife well and, like, leaving her in the dust, mm. basically, like, it would be so easy to make her not a three-dimensional character. And what I like about it, too, is that it, she never seems to be a burden to him. Mm-mm. But it also, because he's ignorant of the family, really. You know, he's kind of doing his own thing. And he's doing it because he's trying to protect them. Like, the exactly. movie does buy... Uh, to be fair, the movie buys a lot, right? By by the justification for all of this is he's trying to protect them. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, these two people do very much love each other. Oh, yeah. So it does buy a lot of um, our goodwill when it comes to some of the things that he's putting her through and some oh, of the yeah, ways yeah. he's treating her. Well, and at, at the same time, too, it's another thing where it's like a lack of communication that we yep. see because he sees, oh, she really wants a spy. I'll send her on a mission. How funny I, is it's, that? Isn't that it's, and but it's it fucked is so up. fucked up, but, it, but I get why he's doing time, it. But at the same time, it ends up causing a sort of personal awakening love, for her. Yeah, and yep. so it does have that effect. Is it the right way to go about it? No. no. You have a conversation. Yeah. 
But at the end of the day, since it's a conversation neither of them are willing to have, mm-hmm. we see this ramp up. And yep. then, of course, once it turns into the Schwarzenegger movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, they I, honestly, to tell you the truth, this is going to sound like such a pussy move. But I was getting a little welled up when they grabbed hands I, on that on the helicopter. It's dude, a great moment. It's great. You know, and it's it Thrilling. really feels earned because yeah. it's a point where it's like they both need each other. Yep. They both trust each other. Yep. And if they work together yep. and communicate, I mean, mm-hmm. it. it it really goes down to an almost literal sense where he's screaming over the roar of a helicopter, the bridge is out! Yeah. And she's like, what? Yeah. I can't hear That's you speaking totally to true. me. And then when she sees it and goes, the bridge is out! Yeah. And it's a great moment. But once they actually can communicate an idea and work Honestly. together, boom, he pulls her out. It's this great action oh, sequence. Man. And Tia Carrera explodes. It's like... The- <laughs> But it, but it's it's crazy to think that it, it almost does get still distilled down to a literal just nope. they are unable to communicate just because of helicopter noises. Sure, yes. But, but it takes these extreme moments mm-hmm. to you know bring that out. And whereas you know it could have been an argument, it could have been a conversation. Well, it's a movie, so it also yep. could just be a sweet action set piece <laughs> with nuclear weapons in the Florida Keys. Like yes. it's, it's it's crazy. It is. This movie is so insane, especially because we got to talk about just the. The epic three-act ending of this movie. Oh, yeah. The ending just like there is a final, well, not even penultimate. It turns out to be the pen-penultimate action mm. sequence that feels like the ultimate action sequence where they blow up a whole island. They destroy mm. a bunch of – not even – well, they don't quite blow up the island yet, but they destroy all the buildings on it. It feels like the end of it, a Schwarzenegger movie. And it's all fine, and we get off in the helicopters. Oh, he destroys it by shooting a machine gun into a gasoline yep. dispensing spray and causing a giant flamethrower that shoots over hundreds of feet and sets hundreds of people on fire. It's wonderful. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so badass. And then they literally get in helicopters and fly into the sunset. The oh, movie's yeah. over. It's got to be. Nope, we got to land those helicopters and move Absolutely. on to the bridge action sequence that's about to happen, which takes another 15 minutes and is crazy and climactic and resolves all of the emotional relationships. It's funny, and it resolves all the relationship issues between the husband and wife. And, oh, okay, right, yes, now we've wrapped up all the plot lines. We're good. We can finally land the helicopter we're on. But wait a minute. Hold Isn't on. his daughter estranged from him? She is. We've got to resolve that relationship, too. You, you think know? she's been kidnapped? She has! <laughs> it's like, there. it just, literally, a, a, a nuclear bomb goes off as the two main characters that we've wanted to resolve their relationship do in front of that nuclear bomb. And there is still another action sequence to go. Well, I mean, we just parked all these Harrier jets in the (laughs) no parking on shoulder area of the bridge, which is a great visual gag. Someone's got to fly it into a into a building and uh, shoot missiles with terrorists hanging out. You know, you got to do this. And it is all equally <laughs> thrilling. I'm oh, happy totally thrilling. to watch all three of them. It's odd that you can escalate up from a nuclear bomb. It's crazy. And it's, you know, Only like James Cameron works. would try and do that. And succeed yeah. wildly. And so that's the thing. Like That's where the ego comes through, where it's like, well, I can, so I might as well do this. But because he's not trying to say anything, the script already did it for him. Yep. You know, he just adapted it and made it American action yep. movie. I'd be curious if there's a nuclear explosion in the French version of this. I don't think there is because according to the Wikipedia, they avoid the explosion and all the, you know, <laughs> like that, that whole thing. That's right, yes. I uh, Well, okay, so quick rundown of the plot just for everybody real quick. Sure. Uh, Harry Tasker is yep. a guy who uh, he says he's a salesman, nope. but he's actually a crazy international spy. Yep. But what I love about that is that it is... 
you know, we do take the whole idea of of the James Bond being a nine to five job for yes. this guy. He comes home every night. Oh, I had to stay late at the office. Yep. Oh, I had to go to a convention and yep. represent my company. And like, meanwhile, he's just murdering people yep. and blowing up, you know, tango parties. <laughs> and uh, do you think that maybe that? Oh no, I'm not even gonna go there. Uh, I was gonna make a last tango in Paris joke, you know, because people were tangoing and then they exploded. But then I realized it was Switzerland. So we'll move on. We'll move forward for that. And. Uh, you know, I, I feel like maybe they, uh, I was going to make a Swiss cheese joke about people <laughs> with holes in them, but we won't go there. Okay. So then, of course, you know, because of this, it causes tensions, and his wife is considering cheating on him with a guy who is basically pretending to have that to, job to, be her to woo women. <laughs> so it's just funny that, you know, because he can't tell her he's yep. a spy, he's estranged, yep. because she's not feeling thrilled by him, who's a really thrilling, you know, yep. a- activity thing. She, you know, she seeks it somewhere else. So then, of course, you know they they fuck with this guy and and decide to send her on a fake spy adventure. And then, of course, the spy adventure from the first act crisscrosses, yep. and this enemy that he has incidentally made yep. has now made it personal, and we yep. have to clean it up. So that's really the whole plot. Yes. And uh, and let's talk about the enemy. Yes, the enemy is wild. Uh, c- well, uh, there's a lot to talk about actually with oh, yeah. the enemy because we can let, let's 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 um for the time being because I we we definitely have to talk about this. But for the time being, let's not talk about the race aspect of this. Let's just mm. talk about as a movie villain, this guy is fucking entertaining as hell. He's absolutely awesome. he. They do this really because it's Cameron. He like he made the Terminator right. Mm. He has made the movie about the most relentless villain of all time right. So he makes the the villain, and this is great because he is this like. Uh, uh, a very aggressive villain, right? Mm. Like he uh, is and willing he has, to get his he hands has a great dirty. Plan, yeah, he does have a good plan. That's true, actually. Yeah, it's it, it's a really flawless plan, except the whole statues thing. But I don't that know. is very <laughs> strange. Yeah, we we were confused about that. Uh, are they ancient statues? Because you seem to have hidden nuclear weapons in them somehow. I that feel aside. like it's probably what you said, where she restored the art and then you yeah, know, it, just was like, yeah, you know. It's expl- here's the here's the thing though. I like much better you and I having to confusingly try and explain it to ourselves oh, yeah, than yeah. the movie putting time into fucking explaining it. I never it to would us. have even thought of it I don't unless give you a brought shit. it up. Yeah, I, know, I, I really, really don't give a happened. shit. I care in my dumb, like I'm just an overanalyzer brain. Mm. I don't care in my I love movies brain. That you know answer I mean? doesn't better the movie, no, so not we shouldn't at all. Have it. Yeah. In no way would it have I really the movie. would never even have considered nope. it because I was too busy just marveling at the fact that it was a wonderful set piece. T Carrera was explaining it to me. You know what I mean? Like I don't really need much. Other than that. Uh, the but the the um uh, uh the 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 what was I talking about? Uh, you were talking about <laughs> oh yeah well we were talking about the, the villain. You know, the, uh, yeah, the he, villain. Okay, he's so relentless. He's like yeah. he's crazy relentless. Uh, uh, to a point where like he gets his hands dirty in the first ten minutes of this movie. He drives a motorcycle off of a building into the swimming pool of an adjacent building. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it, pretty bad. He is a relentless madman. But it's a motorcycle that he stole because a guy was riding by on it and he just saw opportunity and yanked him off of yep. the bike and stole it. Yeah, uh, the movie is. He's full- a formidable villain. Oh, he's scary, I think, because but his he's ego so- gets in the way. Yes, yeah. because he's so immediately violent and immediately aggressive, mm. and 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 is willing to listen. This is we we got to get into the race thing right away. I think because it, it, he is our classic American depiction of a terrorist. Absolutely, he, he uh, is willing to sacrifice himself at any moment mm. for his message to be brought across. And they actually play that for humor too, because like. You know the 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 scariest thing a terrorist has done in recent times. I mean, short of you know the like Charlie Hebdo stuff, but I mean generally in the bigger yeah. picture, they send videos. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah they yep. send videos 
to make a threat yep. to to make to make good on a smaller threat on camera yeah. and say this is what we want. Mm-hmm. And so that is in this. Now it's bef- that's one thing that I don't think would happen in a movie now without cynicism because we've seen movies where where unfortunately people do get killed mm-hmm. on camera and stuff mm-hmm. and uh so to put that not sort even of movies thing, that's like our that well, is our well, reality I mean, we in, live in we now. see the videos that yeah. are that are sent you know and it's it's just part of the 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 world so yeah. in order to have a terrorist making a threat video you almost have to do cynicism now yeah. this is pre 911 yep. this is you know this predates it by almost a decade yep. so for they do a wonderful scene where he's making the threats into the camera and the camera runs out of batteries yep. and so it's womp womp yep. now Whereas that would be funny now, I feel like the only way to frame that in a modern day movie would be for it to be a, a you know, a, a a literal parody. Yeah, you know, it would absolutely have to be a scary movie level parody. It's, you know, uh, it it couldn't just be this funny moment because, as we all understand it now, when a terrorist sends a video, it's not funny. Yeah, you know, that's not a funny thing. That's the thing. I I almost want to be offended by this movie's depiction oh, yeah. of 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 not just terrorists although that's a weird thing to be offended by mm. but more specifically of, of of middle eastern cultures and people Absolutely. like I, I want to be offended by this movie's Here's depiction of that i don't that. even think they really give a direct race I, we just understand that they are middle eastern i know i don't you know? think they say where they're from and they never once make a reference to any sort no of religious. i mean now yeah we we always say you know uh when they're like oh these islamic terrorists and it's become a label they call themselves Crimson Jihad in the movie. That's the closest yeah. they get to any sort of religious and reference. And even that, I think, just comes out of... They of, straight up uh, make the commentary. Tom Arnold says, I guess they were trying to find the scariest name they could or something, exactly. doesn't he? he? Well, even in writing of the movie, that comes out of more of a just, you know, we got to reroute the encryptors. Yeah. It, it really is just a name that sounds... You know, roughly Middle Eastern and roughly yep. like that sort of a thing. Like yep. there really is no commentary on that. Um, the the in the video that the guy's making, he does make a th- a general threat towards mm-hmm. America, mm-hmm. and it is a criticism that's been yeah. lobbed at America since we began, which yeah. was you throw bombs at us from afar. Our women and, you, and children. Our women and children. Which that's funny because that runs you know against now what we understand about terrorists is that right. women and children are, are second class. Yeah. yeah. You know everything comes second to the message. Yeah. But at the same, you know, even that is me making a broad generalization there, sure. which may not even be, you know, fully fair. Right. But at the same time, it was one of those, uh, like, 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 uh, we we graduated from Russians as villains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Russians were the villains, yeah. and so now it's just, oh, it's starting to be more of a Middle Eastern thing. This is immediately post Desert Storm. Yep. So it's less of any sort of a direct spe- specific thing. It's just more like our enemies look this shade of brown now. Yes. And but also at the same time, there's a huge amount of criticism about Desert Storm. That's like, well, of course they hate us. We went over there and started fucking yeah. shit up. Uh, it, the so big... it is really rather broad. Whereas now it's now it's tough to make that broad statement without someone going, "We should be more specific." I was going to say that's you know, the thing is, it, I think you would get criticized now for being broad about mm-hmm. it, right? Like I, I think that you would actually be criticized as being like, "Hey, you just go like, oh, they're just they're brown. This yeah, is the, you general brown people, yeah. you know." The, and then so we're just gonna fight the brown people like that. And it's weird because if we made the exact same movie and just made them Russian again, 
you could probably just keep the exact same script and it and it would play fine. I think you could. And it's just because of the t- and that's that's the times. It's the times. You know, it really, another that's what thirty I said years. It could be so. Uh, when when we did the uh, the remake of Red Dawn. Yeah. The remake of Red Dawn. Um, I forget who what was the, it initially. It, I forget who it was initially, but then it got changed to Koreans. Koreans. Yep. And it's because crazy that was because the safe person. The, the safe. That was the safe one. Villainize at the time. And then as of a few months ago, we make a comedy about I, you know Korea, and yep. that's suddenly become a taboo thing. Yep. It's it's just yeah, amazing. Red how Dawn. That, I don't think really got that much we're all hypocrites really uh, all the time but you know it's also just culture has to ride the time and it's what i said to you before i was like it's i don't think anyone would make the commentary that true lies makes about middle eastern people and terrorists specifically In a post 9-11 world. And And honestly, to tell you the truth, I don't even think it's making a commentary on that at all so much as it's just, it's a recognizable villain at that time. I I don't think it would depict them in this way or try to get humor out of what it tries to get humor out of. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's where, when I use the word commentary, I think Mm. maybe it's, I'm... I don't mean it in the sense of like, oh, it's trying to say something about them. It's just it it, it is saying something about them by going like. I think nowadays people would automatically receive it as there is a message being sent. We have to decode it. Exactly. And at the same time, I don't think it's possible to make a movie about that without injecting some sort of exactly. opinion on it because it is part of who we are now. You know, exactly. it is it is part of that. It's it's, it's, it's fascinating. Reality. I feel like I should be so offended by the way this movie de- depicts that stuff, mm. but I'm I'm not. It doesn't feel like this movie has that in mind, and I know that's a weird. I'm almost not comfortable with rationalizing it that way. Mm. But it is true. I, well, you have to give it a couple points for its own ignorance. Yes. It, it, it predates a lot of yes. what informs our, our current but view. I, you know? But I think there's truth to what I'm saying right now, which is that... It, Maybe it, they're just true lies. It does not feel that is... So I need to give that credit. I need to give that, <laughs> I need to give that <laughs> I a laugh. That. <laughs> I need to give that a laugh. Uh, it, it, even though... I don't know how to say it. Even though I feel like I should be offended by it, I and and I don't. I'm not totally comfortable with the explanation I'm about to give. I truly mean this. I don't think this movie. It doesn't feel to me like it's it it, it is trying to say anything at all about anyone. Oh no no no! It it, it feels like an afterthought. It's a, which it's a villain that applies at that time. Exactly. You know? which could be your which could be a criticism itself, right? Like mm. that could actually be the worst thing about it. Is that? Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it's not thinking about what it's saying, mm. right? That, that which is a bad thing. It's not thinking about how broad it's being about brown people and the generalizations it's being about well, brown people. Well, it's the same people. thing the decade prior did with Russians. It was exactly. Just, that's the, it, Tarantino said yep. uh, with uh, Inglorious Bastards, he Nazis. was like, he was like, I just, you know, of course he wanted to make a World War II movie. Every yep. filmmaker probably does. Yes. But he was like, you know, it's, Nazi is an easy way to just eliminate the idea. Like, because if you ever see something like Das Boot, you go, oh, these guys are Nazis, but that movie doesn't have anything like, you know, abjectly painting them as Nazis. It's just, these are guys serving. You That's know, all it is, and a, a vast majority of Nazi soldiers were just German men serving. But we can use that as a villain because it's it's just a go to evil. And at a at a time where it's just what did the bad guys look like on TV in Desert Storm? They were that shade of brown. So yeah. this just did it. And you're right; it is condemnatory. There is something wrong about that. Yeah, but. It, I, I, I don't think that's something that ever goes away. The shade of right. brown just changes with yep. the times. You know, like you have to have another. Right? We have I to mean, have another. Yeah, it's, it's, that, I mean, that's, it's the that's, nature of the beast. It's it sad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. Really but up. you have to have another. And that, I just realized in talking about this that like that 
that has to be why it has to be part of part partially why science fiction and horror are so popular. Mm-hmm. You can create an other that has nothing to do with race oh, or politics or gender. You can invent another that is that you can just go, no, it's pure evil. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't have to have these conversations about it. And we can tell interesting stories about what good versus evil means. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we don't have to have those those politic conversations. I mean, even with something like, like The Hurt Locker, which I didn't find to be like a terribly... It's a good movie. Yeah. It's a totally mm-hmm. good movie. Yep. I didn't find it to be a uh, a terribly great movie, or I, I didn't even think it was so effective in saying what it had to say, because I'm not sure what it had to say. Mm-hmm. But the villain in that movie is is rather broad. It's the concept of war. Yeah. That is really what it yeah. is. Uh, on, honestly, I, I know a lot of people might disagree with me in terms of the depiction of the war in American Sniper, mm. but to me, that that wasn't necessarily saying like, oh, you know, these jihadis are even bad or anything. I, I don't even know if that's the right word. But the, I the, don't think so. But the villains in it are bad yeah. because they're not even really the villains. It's a story about PST, PSTD, uh, P, PTSD, PTSD. Yeah, yep. P, PST. That was the ninety-seven <laughs> five. Uh, the PTSD. That's the yeah. real villain in it, and you know. Of course, he is shooting that shade of brown. Yes, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's saying that. It's just that's who, that's who we were shooting at the time that this I, movie took place. I mean, at place. least in that movie's uh, uh, instance, it's that's specific to the actual historical exactly. accuracy of it. I mean, you can argue till we're blue in the face about what the ethics of any of our occupation in the yeah. Middle East is, and I honestly couldn't give you one because I, I don't know right. how I feel. But guess what? We did occupy, so like, we we're going to tell a story happen. like that. You know, but the yeah. villain there in that movie is PTSD. Uh-huh. You know, the villain in the Hurt Lock is war yeah um I, I think actually one of the things that does a really uh good job of it is something like saving private ryan mm-hmm. which historically a lot of people view world war ii as the just war right where it was like we had to get involved right. because there was a there was an agreeable evil that was about to plague the world whether that's true or not we don't know history is written by the victor but even that movie walks the line like there's Actually, it's kind of murky now when I think about it, too, where there's a German soldier that they have the option to execute, and Tom Hanks says, no, 500 paces that way, keep going. Right, yeah. You know, don't turn... If, if you know, count to 500, if you turn around, we'll shoot you, but you can go. That soldier ends up killing him. Right. And, but, you know, but then the lesson there, I don't think the takeaway is kill him while you have the chance. Right, right, I think right. the takeaway is just, like, war is hell, man. <laughs> you know, like, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I I think Spielberg's a, a smarter filmmaker than Absolutely. than having the commentary just be like, eh, kill him while you had the chance, you know. Well, and that was just also one of those things where you go, I wonder how many times that happened. I th- yeah, both th- ways. I think there's yeah. more just like a little bit of irony in that yeah, than exactly, there is like a exactly. commentary on that. And it, uh, I I think uh, maybe probably a murkier example is something like Lone Survivor. Um, I didn't see that movie. That's just a shitty movie. I wouldn't yeah. even recommend watching yeah. it. Uh, mostly just because it, it blows its load in the title and yep. the opening sequence yep. like really messily. So it makes the gratuitous deaths of everybody that Mark much harder Wahlberg, to watch. Wahlberg, you say? Oh, yeah. It's called Lone Survivor. The opening Survivor, scene is literally him say? coming home and then the title card, Lone oh, Survivor. Jesus. But the thing is, it's not like it's just there's any tension and people die. Like When people die, it takes 10 minutes and they yeah. get killed hard. So you're like, this is just excessive. If I was this kid's mom, I'd probably be taking issue with this right now. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. weird. But anywho, it, it at the end of the day, I think what their success is just making a villain. Yeah, I know. You know it, it is he, just he a villain. Really, is a great movie villain. Mm. I, I, th- I mean, that's the end of the day. That's the biggest rationale for me for why I'm not offended by it necessarily. Mm. Is he just feels like a great villain? He feels like a great. He feels like a uh, Hans Gruber level, although I totally different feel like from Hans Gruber. Any of the evil villain. in his squadron 
does I mean because there's no bigger picture besides just, it feels like a muse song where it's just like we are protesting yeah. why because yeah, yeah, yeah whatever it is you need to protest this is the sound you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is great I, that's what I love about muse yeah. Uh, but it is that they're just a broad resistance. Yep. But any of the fuck-ups and insidiousness in his resistance almost do seem to stem from his own personal ego. Oh, yeah, Which is yeah. really funny. You know, that's a, that's an interesting aesthetic. You know? it's, uh, man, I, I do... It's so funny. It's like I do really like the villain in this movie, despite the fact that I think I have somewhat complicated emotions about... Mm. Uh, or, or feelings uh, of about, you know, just in general movies wanting to go like... Here's the new brown. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, like that. But that's just I mean, a problem the thing with movies. Is too, we a, could, you know. There was probably at that point in the, in 1994, we could probably watch. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Rocky Four. You know, we could probably watch a Rocky Four. Like that's one of my biggest problems with Rocky Four is that it asks me to vilify the Russians by sheer virtue of them being Russian. Right. Yeah. Um, the and then they give you the steroid bump. Which yes. Yeah. yeah. If, if Stallone didn't look like he was bursting with steroids <laughs> at the seam, you know. Would be a, maybe a little more effective. Yes, but but either way, it's that same kind of thing. We could go back and watch the original Red Dawn and feel uncomfortable about how we vilified them. Right nowadays, we wouldn't because we're not so keen on Russia again. Yep. Yep. And as that wave rides and crests, yep. you know, you wonder if ten years from now, you know, we're gonna look at. Uh, I mean, it's one of those where where you know you look at at from from 2014 we look sure. at 20 years ago true lies and go oh this could get into murky waters right. where if we watched that in 1994 it would just be this is what the villain looked we wouldn't oh. even think of it you know I, yeah i mean i was a kid at the time too so that you oh, know, yeah, yeah. plays into that but, but yeah even no so, like my dad my watching it wouldn't think like they're making no, it it I was just that's so. what the villains yeah. look like and whoever it is we're at war with in the next you know next 20 years we'll look at that and not see anything yeah. and then 20 years beyond that we'll be like that is taste like Think way, about what's you know, going to happen 200 years from now when aliens finally invade, oh, yeah. and we have to go back through our filmography oh, yeah. and go like, man, look the way we just vilified those aliens oh, from yeah. that place. You know so what I'm saying? Funny. I never even thought about that. Yeah. We're going to be watching Independence Day, and when the aliens going, no peace, we're all going to be rubbing our neck like, yeah, we're oh, gonna go, God, that is, that is fucking racist bad. depiction of that type of alien. Man, I'm glad we're not watching this with Blorg. Yeah. He'd be really pissed. I, <laughs> can you believe they do not know the difference between aliens from Mars and Venus oh, in this yeah. movie? They made them look identical. There'd be people being like, we should really edit these movies. And then the studios being like, listen, if we edit them, then it's just us ignoring history. And we should really accept the fact of this this dark point in history in our life as it's the same thing with like with Song of the South. Yeah. One of the coolest things Disney did was when when that and hey, don't get me wrong, I'm sure there's uh the legacy of Walt Disney is one that is <laughs> mired in the souls of of, of racist victims. Yeah. Uh, racism victims, not racist <laughs> victims. He's the race that's that's a crazy term that I shouldn't even walk racist around. Racist victims. That's crazy. I don't think there is such a thing. <laughs> and uh but but at the same time, like with Song of the South, one of the things about that was a lot of people said and with uh Huck Finn, a lot mm -hmm. of people said, you know, you gotta alter the language of mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And and I agree with Disney and the people that wanted to preserve mm -hmm. Huck Finn mm -hmm. in saying like no 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 no, it's important we don't forget about that. Right. It's important we see it, we agree and go that's disgusting, and then we don't repeat it. Mm -hmm. As it is, we're as we're discovering with something like the the villains and true lies. Yes. I think we're doomed to repeat it yes, because yeah, the yeah. times are changing yeah. constantly. Eventually, we're gonna be having the conversation where we go, can you believe they cast a bunch of dudes from Jupiter as? People, as Martians, yeah, that's yeah. that's insane. The, yeah, that, they they don't know the difference. With really. so many Venusian actors out <laughs> yeah. there struggling for work, I really don't see why we needed to apply makeup to Saturnians. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I think it's upsetting. You know. Oh man, the, this Hollywood needs to have a conversation about Uranus. This <laughs> 
might be my favorite moment on this podcast so far. Thank, thank you, James Cameron and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, I, uh, I'm coming to the end of what I have to say about True Lies. Do you have uh, fr- uh, things from your notes? Anything you want to touch on? Anything you want to hit on that we haven't hit yet? Uh, I, if I haven't said it enough, Jamie Lee Curtis is fucking fantastic in this movie. I, I can't compliment her enough on how just entertaining she is to watch. Uh, well, this this is something before we get out of the, the, the race of the terrorists. Yes, please. My note is, it just says this, Middle Eastern terrorists, would it still play today? And then after that, better? Question mark. And so... I think today you would get in trouble for, for I think you would get in trouble, but I also think like... I think it, you would get in trouble for doing this, but it, I, I guess we kind of did touch upon this, that even in a movie like this where it's clear that no statement is right. being made... I wonder if, even with the absent, like if it's literally the exact same movie, yeah. um, just with cooler looking cell phones, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, it, even with the way it's played with none of that, I wonder if the commentary that we are drawing from it, yes. you know, from our, you know, even though it, we can agree it's not necessarily there right, on the page, right. you know, we can draw commentary from it just based on context clues and what sure. we have around. I wonder if that, in terms. If it were released nowadays, it might make it a more ethically murky movie. Mm-hmm. But does it? Would it make it potentially more interesting? I think is the question. Okay. And, well, uh, but and I so th- here's but I my think thing. we may have answered that very specifically. I think the the sequence that we talked about most with him, the the video sequence where mm. they're where they're filming him making a threat to America. And that, that's and actually one of dies. my fondest memories when I think about that movie. It's very funny. I really think that's the thing that would fucking set people off. I think so I too. Think that's the thing uh, where people go, "No, we fucking we've watched real Americans get beheaded oh, on yeah. camera." Like you. Th- that's just a that's a dumb joke. Yeah. Like that is a oh, dumb yeah. fucking joke. And the reality of it is real Americans are fucking dying mm-hmm. just like this. I think you would get in real trouble for that. I don't think I agree with people being that upset about that, though, at the end of the day. I, but I get it. I do get it. You I know, totally get it. If it was a scene where they were going to behead Jamie Lee Curtis right. and they were making that video... You know, that's, you know, know. that it's, kind of it's, a thing. It is a weird thing. I do. That's uh, what that's what I'm saying. Like in a post 9-11 world, I don't think you can make this movie this way. Yeah, I, don't I think, think you can, honestly, if I was editing that script, I would probably just be like, eh, that's, that'd that's, be the first yeah. thing that I'd be like. It's just it's an unnecessary joke yeah, that yeah. is going to call too many weird memories. And it's a shame because it's actually a great it's character a great jo- moment. It says everything about that villain. Thing. If you want to talk about the real commentary of that moment. The, the, I, I'm about to walk my own murky line here. Yeah, go for it. But if you want to talk about the real commentary of that moment, it is what we were talking about. It is one of our classic American depictions of terrorists, which is they want all this technology mm. that they don't have so that they can attack us with it, but they don't understand it. Mm. They make mistakes with it. They let the battery die when they're trying to make oh, the yeah. threat. You know what I mean? Like Nowadays, com- we'd be like, Jesus, I, he, sh- he needs to get a better phone. The, commentary, the battery of life I mean, on my phone thing, is <laughs> it would be on a phone, too. But the, the commentary that's really being made there, I think, is about their lack of knowledge of mm-hmm. these things that you could get in just as much trouble for, I think, right now. Mm. Uh, but at the same time is a much, to, to me, I, I, I guess, maybe I'm wrong about this, but a much less offensive thing than people going like, no, fucking people are getting beheaded on oh, camera yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. Like, you can't make a joke well, about that. The counterpoint to that, and I agree with you 100%, yeah. it, it is a weird thing, but then counterpoint to that, uh, Iron Man 2. Yes. At the very beginning of Iron Man 2, um, Sam Rockwell's character, uh, Justin Hammer, when they're having <laughs> the... Uh, he's. I'm I'm an unabashed Iron Man two level. There, there's some script problems, but people hate that movie. Wrong for great character name. He's a he's a great character. Know, he's I a know. wonderful villain, he, he, and he's also a very similar he's thing. He's a saving where, grace to that movie, to be honest with you. He's a, he's a very similar villain where it's 
he has all this cool stuff, but he's clearly a little bumbling. Yes, yes. But at the very beginning of that movie, um, one of the th- they're having the big uh, Senate hearing on the legality of Iron Man, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, oh right, 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 yes. Tony Stark's like, no, you can't have it. Right. This is mine. Yep. I come with it. I'm part of the package. And so Senator Gary Shandling <laughs> says, uh, well, what's to say if this technology gets in the other side's hands? You know what's what's to say that 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 wouldn't be a thing? So he uses Jarvis to call up an internet video of terrorists with similar technology, s- slapstickily blowing themselves up. Right. So it is that, right? And it played fine. Yeah, but at the same time, there is also the whole thing that like there's missile robots, so right. it, it is hyper right, right, real. Right, right, right. So I wonder yeah, yeah, yeah. if that helps maybe bring it along. But it is at its core the same thing. And so this is a question that I'm asking that I don't have an answer to. It is so interesting the you know things that we decide to latch onto and go like, that's mm-hmm. a horrible depiction of that. And other things that we just like never even talk about it with. Well, then the other question is, too, is that in terms of something, uh, as, Iron Man does have that question of, I mean, Iron Man's story arc is I created all these weapons. They got into the wrong hands. Now I have to fix it. Yeah. But then you get into the whole thing that my solution is, I more control things. the weapons. Yeah, more, <laughs> oh, that, no, that, yes. Better yeah. weapons yeah. for me. Yep. And I control them. And just solely. trust me, I'm a yeah. good guy, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Yep. But uh, at, at the same time, like, perhaps what makes it smoother for something in Iron Man 2 is the fact that that is completely, expressly fantastical. Yes, yeah. You know, this is a movie about aliens and robots and robot men flying through the air and, you know, all that stuff. So I wonder if because of True Lies, even though it is, uh, maybe it's fantastic because it is fantastical, it just isn't so expressly. Yeah, it seems more grounded in, it, it is mm. supposed to take place in the real world. It's yeah, fantastical, yeah. but it's clearly supposed to be taking place in our real world. And then he talks to a horse. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, what a great scene. Well, I think we should talk about that before before we finish up, but just the fact that, that this is a comedy as well. Oh, yeah. It is very concerned with being a comedy. Yes. It's not uh, just not a funny succeeding. action movie. There's like there's shit that fails here. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a Cameron script. It's got weird lines Absolutely. here and there that just like b- and there's some bomb. gold. I mean, but there's, there's some really funny. A stuff man literally pisses himself a couple times. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a scene where Arnold Schwarzenegger is hanging from the reins of a horse off mm-hmm. of the roof of a of a Marriott Tower hotel and then argues with that horse. And he's like, "Come on, pull it back, pull yeah. it back. Good girl, good girl, Sally. You know all that ridiculous yeah. stuff." But at the end of the day, like this isn't just like where you know where you watch something like a Die Hard and go, sure. oh, there's funny moments. But right. I would never say that it's a comedy. No, I think that True Lies is very much concerned, concerned with, with being, being a comedy, comedy as yeah. as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think and, it succeeds pretty, generally, and I think pretty successful. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think so. Uh, I think that also helps with the villain being depicted the way he is. You yeah, know what I'm saying I, I think that might also help it in modern day. You know era. what I'm realizing right now? This is like a weird thing to bring up in this, but like. I want to see like Seth Rogen and Judd Apatow write a legit action movie oh, yeah. for legit action stars, mm. not for them to schlubbily star in and go like, exactly. "Look how funny it is!" That I'm- isn't it crazy that these guys yeah. found themselves in an action plot? How great would an a- like an actual legit action movie with oh, legit yeah. action stars be with an actual sense of humor, with like real like great comedy writing? I'd say the closest we've had was yeah. Hot Fuzz. I was going to say, what you is know, that? Like what have we got with? But, but even that, that doesn't even have action stars in it. 
Yeah, it's, exactly. It's not action stars. It's just Simon Pegg doing a fantastic like, Nick see, Angel. I want to see Jason Statham have to go star watch in a movie Lily. scripted by 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 those oh, yeah. people. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'd say the closest thing we have to that is something like Crank, but yeah, uh, that, even I, that is necessarily love. what we're saying. It, yeah, but it yeah, is yeah. Of that, ilk. that's more a comedy because of how crazy it is. Yeah, as an yeah, action yeah. movie. You know. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if there are any examples of that, but I, I love the idea of that. I would love to. I would see love to that. see that. I, I can't think of a single yeah. example, really. Um, I, I can't. I feel like the closest thing we've ever had to something like that would be like a last action hero. Uh-huh, but that uh-huh. is also once again trying to be a literal commentary mm-hmm. on that. Right, thing. right, right. I mean, Danny DeVito plays an animated cat in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Man, I As can't wait were. to watch it. It's on Netflix right Ian, now. Sir Ian McKellen plays Death <laughs> in that movie. Oh man, I had no Charles idea. Dance plays uh, what's his name? Oh fuck, he's he's like the best fake villain. I can't think of his name, but he has a glass eye all the time. Uh-huh. And it's uh, Schwarzenegger has a great line because he always has like this crazy glass eye that's red, and he and he's about to leave. They're like, "Where are you going?" He's like, "I've got to catch the red eye." <laughs> awesome, <laughs> so good. Yeah, I will say this. I movie, think you might love that movie. It's pretty batshit. Yeah. Oh, I want to see yeah. it. Uh, I think that this movie is actually, uh, and I did want to talk about this, distinctly lacking in Arnold one-liners. And when I say distinctly, I mean specifically. I think because, and here's an interesting thing. This was just a weird experience we were having that is only exclusive oh, to yeah. our watching of this. You kept. Being I kept like, shushing for the one-liners. Yeah, liners. you kept yeah. being like, you kept being like, no, 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 hold on. There's a great one-liner here, and yeah. then it wouldn't come. He stabs a guy with a meat hook, yeah. and I know that that's where the one-liner belongs. Nothing. Nope. Nothing. And and, I, and they, they are there, right? It's not like they're uh, not there. They but are no, there. But Jamie Lee Curtis has more of the punchlines. Has That's more the thing, of the yeah. punchlines. They give them to her. And I think that the movie... Well, I, I think it's because you can never top you fired. And, and that is totally true. And <laughs> this Build is, up to that. This is a... See, here's a, here's the thing. I just watched Running Man for the first time yeah. recently and fucking hated that movie. And it's filled with and one-liners. It, it's filled yeah. to the brim with them. It is clearly the one that made people go like, maybe we should pull back on this oh, old yeah. guy and this whole one-liner thing with him a little bit. Oh, yeah. And this movie, I think, is actually actively avoiding having him do that too much. Mm. It wants them there because, again, it's still a Schwarzenegger commentary by the end, right? Mm. So they do need to be there to some extent. But I think Tom Arnold is the the com- comedic half, he is. really. I, I think it is actively trying to pull back on that a little bit. And I found that just an interesting thing that it was doing, you know? Mm. Because like you said, like you, clearly just by your reaction, there are so many opportunities for the dumb old one-liners. I expect one-liners. them to be there. It's, it's the same as when, when you see someone sitting sideways in a car. You know they're going to get T-boned. Yes. And when they don't, you're like, oh, I'm conditioned by my Arnold culture to to expect that one-liner, yep. and then it's not there. Yeah. yeah that's why. I just thought that was an interesting thing about this movie, that it seems to almost be actively avoiding making that. And actually, the moment where he says, you're fired, it is a moment where he, where he sees it and is just like... This is it. This it's is my, my chance. Yeah, this is my chance the to camera, make that. I'm, uh, like it, it comes may, in. It may not night. literally do this, but it feels like it like swoops in on his face so that he can kind of look and wink at you and be like, he, "It's he time looks now." Looks right at the camera yeah. and like, "This is it." Yeah. And let's just real quick talk about that. If you haven't seen the movie and we've spoiled it for you, this yeah. is the greatest thing. It ends with the bad guy hanging off of the missile of this Harrier jet that that uh, Harry Tasker happens to be flying. Yep. And uh, he notices that across the way is the. Uh, his henchman's helicopter. Yes, the helicopter full of villains. So he decides to shoot the missile, which would thusly carry the man into the helicopter, killing everybody. Everyone. Smart move. Yep. You know, five birds, one missile. But of course, before (laughs) he shoots it, he gives him the the one-liner of, you're fired. (laughs) 
Brilliant. I mean, I want to stand up and, and do some of that. That uh-huh. is like some primo shit. Fantastic. Another thing I think we should just touch on before we go, which yeah. we kind of you know touched on before that, is just... This is a tech technical masterwork. Oh my god! The the CGI mixed with real practical sets and and really big set pieces. When he's doing Huge. the flamethrower moment, Huge. it pulls back and it looks like we're on a on on a backlot shot. Yeah. You know, and there's literal practical fire everywhere. There's stuntmen. There was a moment where it's something cool. exploded behind some stuntmen, and the stuntmen mm. lit on fire and flew through the air. Oh yeah. In such a way that I actually audibly went, "Oh my god." Oh yeah. And and because it was real. Yeah. There's I mean, there's a great practical shot where he he backs up the Harrier jet oh, into yeah. a building, yeah. causing the terrorist who is riding on top of it to fly backwards all into the building. And then he gets a nut shot yep. on the tail of the plane. And it's all done with a practical stuntman, all to the ends of just a silly, di- like a dick joke. One, one of two uh, ball destroying gags <laughs> yeah. in the, you know, like it's it's not above that. No, but it's done on a practical set, and like that's that joke couldn't exist with a CGI stuntman. No, it no, play. It just, yeah, it would be yeah, stupid. You'd be like, really, you, you fucking animated this? Yeah. So you could do a nut joke. And, exactly, and uh, you can't do that. And you know what? They did do it. They did it in Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. And we all fucking hated it. We were we hated it. <laughs> I don't even it. remember. Oh, you don't remember, remember the shot where the camera pans underneath a transformer that was from a crane, and the crane balls bounce together as its uh, balls. I thought you meant a nutshot joke. I remember that. Yeah, and that, I do remember that they did have one pee on another one yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just mean the idea of yeah, like yeah. animated dick jokes is oh, like yeah. everyone's and like, it come didn't on, work. It yeah, was yeah, like yeah. a. It's like, come on, this is Someone gross. Someone sat at a computer and made that for me. I didn't gross. need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gross. <laughs> but yeah, and it, it, it's the the practicalness of it really does it's, help with it. There's it's, good stunt work. Oh man, you know, to, and it's it's compl- You brought up a great thing. Bring up the talk about the Jamie Lee Curtis shot from the helicopter. It's, oh, a, it's a wonderful Lee thing to from prove the how practical this all is. She and had how to crazy hang off Cameron of a helicopter. Is. Yeah, and she was terrified to do it. And James Cameron was like, "Listen, if you do it, I'll be the camera operator. Yep. So I'm doing it with you. I will get in that helicopter and you we know, will hang off of it together for the shot. And it's a wonderful shot. Now, granted, worth the, it. the background below it, I believe, is is Pro- enhanced by CGI. Probably. But then also at the same time, one of the things that I find so gleefully fun about this, and we had a great laugh in the Pelican gag, when uh, uh, there's a truck, a van, teetering off of the edge of a broken bridge, and it falls into the water. Maybe 15 feet above that water. Yeah, 15 feet above the water. Not a long fall at all. It falls, and when the truck hits the water, it explodes Explodes huge. And the reason why is because we had an explosive truck. Let's fucking get that shit on it's camera. It's a movie, baby, know? and that's that's great. That's yep. what we want. Oh, uh, it's great. Uh, let's let's hit some. Yeah, let's, let's look at some opposing uh, uh, views of this. It, so interestingly, this movie is at uh, a seventy-two, I believe. Yeah, seventy-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So mostly positive, uh, w- which to me is interesting. I feel like I could see a world in which this movie is not that well reviewed. Actually, I, it, th- thankfully, it, it, it people agree it's, that it's, it's just so twenty fifteen. Yeah, it's so hugely entertaining that like people don't hate it, and I love that that people are willing to to go like, yeah, it's so entertaining. There's another it's fine. thing that I'll throw out there. This was a movie that for years, because it was such a huge hit. There was talks of a sequel. There oh, was I know, scripts yeah. being rid of a sequel, and it never happened. And it's I weird because I believe they may a, be in production on a TV show version. Maybe, maybe. But there's a piece of me that was like, oh, man, I would really like to go revisit that world again. Yeah. And even watching that movie, it's like, oh, I could watch another True yeah. Lies. But to tell you the truth, because it has such that strong core story about the family and all that, the second one would end up just being a spy movie starring it, them. They, they made it. It's called Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, exactly. You know what it's, I mean? It's, it's like, considerably less interesting yeah. to me. And even though there's a time where I would have been chomping at the bit to see a sequel, as it were, I 
I'm glad. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love this as a standalone movie. And when you think about it, outside of Terminator, Schwarzenegger doesn't do franchises. Right, I know. He really does not. No, I no. can't think of a single mm-hmm. one outside of Terminator. And even that necessarily wasn't considered a franchise. I mean, Cameron left after the second one because he felt he completed the story. And in yeah. a lot of ways, he did. Yeah. You know, it, it ended up being a cyclical story. Mm-hmm. Of course, we've expanded upon it into this extended universe, which I love. Oh, yeah. But, you know, mm-hmm. outside of that, I can't think of a franchise. Uh, so here is a negative review of this movie that actually touches on uh, something we were talking about. If the Gulf War gave you an insatiable taste for burning oil and burning Arabs, this extravaganza will tide you over for at least a couple so of days. So there is some commentary there, happening. So apparently people were a little, you know, a, a little put off by it. Well, the Gulf War wasn't exactly the cleanest thing. No, I know. I'm on the same page. Do you want to read the review right below that? Absolutely. I find it very interesting. Providing its share of fun and stretches, Pick ultimately overstays its welcome with a level of mayhem that will simply feel like too much for any marginal fan of the genre. So whereas you and I are talking about... I hope that's the one you were talking about. Yes, whereas you and I were talking about how, yes, despite the fact that it has three fucking finales, which seems insane, they are also highly entertaining. And, 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 and scripted well enough to be earned. Yeah. It, it just, and it desired. Really, I wanted work. more. They work for me. i got to watch another 45 minutes. Yeah. But at the same time, what I, what I find funny here... Uh, what it is a uh, simply feel like too much for any marginal fan of the genre, and to me that's a limited view mm-hmm. because this is not a genre picture. No, this is three genre pictures yeah. in a commentary on multiple genres. It, it's really, it, it, I mean, despite the fact that we said most of the time like this movie is just trying to entertain us and doesn't have a lot to say, and that's mm-hmm. why a lot of it works. It actually kind of does have a lot to say, and it, it enough so. That it requires this crazy three act structure mm. to like get all of these on things. On top across. of that, I still think that might almost be unintentional because if if it's just a script that Cameron liked, like right, oh, this true. script has a good family dynamic, it's a very funny idea. Yeah. Uh, let's just put it into an American shell, and then you know because it came out when it did and it stars who it did, yeah. and it is of the style of movies that were starting to become a little maligned by that time. It just automatically becomes a commentary on that without being so much, you know. True. And honestly, that's something that that I I personally run into uh, a lot because like, it's it's hard to offend me, and I do try to stay as open minded as possible. But there are lots of times where I perhaps won't even see like a problem with something simply because, you know, I won't consider the time around it. Sure. And even if the the project itself doesn't necessarily consider, like we were talking about bringing this to present day, yeah. Simply by sheer virtue of those things existing in the world, it does become that. Yeah. And so with that, you know, you know, bec- what what I'm saying is that this movie that not even intending to may have just by sheer virtue of what it is and when it is became a commentary. Mm-hmm. You know, and like. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, like, I'll forgive a movie for that because it was unaware, but then there's a piece of me forgetting, like, well, maybe I should condemn it because it is unaware. Yeah, yeah, know, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's, you know, it's like where maybe it's more important that you are aware, you know, like that kind of thing. Totally. Uh, This is an interesting one to me. Uh, This mixture of comedy and super agent spectacle works well at first, but when Schwarzenegger's family and and working worlds link up and inevitable development, the plot becomes increasingly ridiculous and overwrought. That's the thing I like about this movie. Yeah, I think that's that the is point. Specifically, in a way. the reason this movie exists, I think. A man got shot off a missile. Yeah, <laughs> and it was awesome. But it <laughs> specifically to address the family dynamics of the super spy, right? Mm-hmm. That's almost specifically why this movie exists. They took Bond and made it a nine to five. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's an inherently funny subject. I like this review here. This is a negative one, uh, be- and because I really don't agree with it at all. Yeah. 
Good action sequences marred by a mean-spirited, misanthropic tone. What is mean-spirited about it, do you think? Well, the one thing where I think it might come close, and it's the issue we talked about when he first decides to put Helen into the mm. fake spy thing, you mm-hmm. go, that is a little mean-spirited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at the same, it's only mean-spirited in practice because his intentions aren't. Right, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I don't think that the movie is mean-spirited because it, it, it expressly comes out and says, you know, this did work, yeah. but it was a bad idea. And it was not the way to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yes, and, yeah. I, and I think by doing that, it, it's not mean-spirited. There's a lot of joy in this movie. It's so much fun. Listen to this hilarious negative review. This is very funny to me because you have to remember the context of this, right? The, the reason this review is getting written is because I'm sure one of the stories surrounding True Lies is most expensive movie ever made, right? Mm. So it's part of the context of this movie's release. This is from the Washington Post. True Lies. Far too technologically bloated for its cartoony plot overestimates the human tolerance for high-tech mayhem. I don't know. I think it really justifies the use of it. <laughs> the same man made Avatar yeah, two right. decades <laughs> later. <laughs> and Terminator you, 2 yeah. three years prior. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean oh, the human tolerance for high-tech mayhem? This is a. Uh, this goes right into what we were talking about, like the treatment of women in it. But I, what I think is really funny is these. here's two reviews okay. that are both negative, and okay. I think it's very interesting. One is... Cameron's otherwise enjoyable romp is ruined by the appalling treatment of its leading lady. I don't use the word misogynist lightly, but dot, dot, dot. Interesting. So that's someone who took okay. it wrong. and yep. I, I mean, well, say took it wrong, but yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, took it poorly, I'll say. Um, took it in a different light than we did, at least. And then this is another one that I think is really interesting. Its long detour into an unnecessary and unpleasant subplot left me with a ba- very bad taste in my mouth. And it's funny because I would be willing to assume that the subplot they're talking Family. about is what? what I think is the main plot. I think that's the main. The plot shell of this is movie. kind of the subplot. Yeah. It's just the sprinkles on the Sunday. You know, yes. like it's that's interesting. I think that's the main plot of this. That's like the point. And the two of them, those two reviews together, I think say something interesting. Yeah. Whereas because you know if someone did take that as misogynist, they'd probably think this is an unnecessary subplot. Yes. But I'd also think that they're missing the point because then they're going. This is just a Schwarzenegger movie, and it's like, yeah. no, it's a commentary. Right? On that, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I, I I'm very curious. I, oh man, I'm so curious about the like, tr- like a, mm, yeah, I'm very curious about a feminist perspective on this movie. Mm. I, w- I would just like to. I hear, still think it would hold up. I, I think so, but I, I would like to hear somebody sort of break, you know, sort of tear oh, yeah. it down for me and break it apart and see Absolutely. how I feel about see that. The things you know? that I'm not really able to. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah. You know? I, I would like to hear that that version of this. You know, at the same time, I'm positive there's probably some words we could find somewhere about Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, she is. Uh, she's very well known for if you put her photo in a magazine, yeah. you are not allowed to Photoshop it. Whoa. She will not allow that. Uh, I think she's even resistant to to makeup in it. So I think if that scene jibes by her, and I, I think it does yeah. it does play into... I, I think it's clean, in, at least in terms of what I understand her perspective to be. I'd just be curious to see if it was ever brought up in an interview and what yeah, she had yeah, to say yeah, about yeah, it yeah, because yeah. she's someone who is quite conscious of mm-hmm. that and in a way, you know, is proactive about that image. Yes. And, and it, which is cool. Yeah. Super which cool. is crazy because she's fucking gorgeous. Yeah. You know, yep. like I, crazy is the wrong word, but I mean, like yeah. it's, it's one of those where like she could very easily just relegate to pretty face roles. Mm-hmm. And even now as an older lady, she's, she's absolutely beautiful yeah. and it's, you know, but I still, but it, and it's wild because she maintains that without at all, like she doesn't do the plastic surgery, she right. won't do the Photoshop. Right. So, and, and that says even more to the fact uh, of her performance with with the, uh, you know, going from meek nerdy lady to when she has to do this striptease, and it's like 
fucking hot. And it's like, believable both sides. Oh yeah. Yeah. She that's wonderful stuff. Yeah. She I thought she was great in this movie. Well, I feel like we're we're gonna end up just going back and forth yeah, about we, race we, and misogyny. Yes, yes. We've, at the we, end of the day, we've hit it all. Uh, we've I, hit it all. But this I, movie honestly, is crazy entertaining. Like I really, really enjoy this. If movie. anyone is listening to this, preferably a female that does have some sort of commentary on it, sincerely, pop onto the Twitter mm-hmm. or write a comment or something, yeah. and uh, we'll even. I mean, if you got something you want to say, we can pull you in. We can take an email. We can call you. You can sit in the studio with us. Yeah, it is something that I am interested to I, hear. I'm fascinated by that. Yeah, you know, start the conversation. I would love to hear that yeah i, I yeah. think that's interesting that's super interesting to me uh and, and actually sh- i'll throw this out there middle easterners get on it if you have something uh, that you want to say about that too pop it in sincerely. because you're literally listening to two suburban white males yes so yep. you know like, yeah sincerely i, I do want to hear the other perspectives on this because absolutely it, my mine is certainly coming from a place of, of mostly ignorance and innocence you know austrians if you got <laughs> anything to say Tom Arnold, <laughs> if you want to call it and do this, bring it in. I, I used to he do a joke a about this that himself. I think is funny. I used to do a bit uh, about what I love about True Lies is that if we were just to put the stars' first names, uh, uh, the the, uh, the stars' first names on the poster, it would just read Tom Arnold. <laughs> but if we put their last names, it would read Arnold Schwarzenegger. But it all falls apart when you realize that there's no way Tom Arnold would be top build. <laughs> so it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. But I love that I- idea. There's just a neatness there. That is funny. Uh, uh, you seen anything good? Yeah, I uh, so I saw uh, we, we accidentally brought it up a little bit earlier, uh, but um, uh, what is the house? Uh, the House of the Devil. Oh, right uh, Ty West first movie, and it's and available. Yes, uh, you can check it out. Check it out on Netflix. Uh, it is uh, quite good, I think. I, it, mm. it really worked for me in I, the the way I, I said it to you, and it's uh, the phrase that keeps ringing to mind when I think about this movie. Is to me, it feels like an '80s tone poem. Mm. It feels like it's it's it, it it wants me to be nostalgic for the '80s, which I am. Uh, and, and it also wants to tell a story that's very specifically of the '80s. I mean, it's uh, in the '80s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it just it hits. It hit all these nostalgic notes for me that like really really worked for me. And uh, the the thing that now that I've seen two Ty West movies that I find interesting about it that I haven't talked to you about yet is uh, something that he has done in both the ones I've seen. You know which ones I've seen. Yeah. That in the sacrament is uh, there is no twist at the end. It's oh yeah. It's exactly straightforward. what you expect. The ending is exactly the thing that it tells you it's going to be when it begins. And so it, rather than being like a, whoa, look what I did at the end, it's more like it's just the fulfillment of the promise. Mm-hmm. And I think he's pretty effective at wringing a lot of tension out of that promise. I've heard this phrase used because I have mixed feelings about Ty West. I yes. will call myself a fan and, yes. and I... I'm rooting for him. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm not as moved by House of the Devil. Yeah. Uh, upon rewatch, I liked it a lot more, mm-hmm. and I was more forgiving of it, yep. especially because it's such an early film. Yep. I do think it has its problems, but I think that uh, something that's in all of his movies that I've seen, that um, my least favorite is probably The Innkeepers, which sure. is still... It's a, it's, I'm going to check that out next. It's kind of delightful in a way, but it's one of those movies that not much happens. Yeah. Um, but in terms of being able to manufacture dread, that's yeah. the phrase, I think he's got a real considerable talent. Yeah. And when he can make a real lean, mean script that, that manufactures the dread, I'll be, I'll be like super into that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, and, and uh, you know, uh, I don't want to spoil it because we're not talking about it as his own movie or anything, but the ending is like, 
it, it's it's kind of fucking crazy. It's yeah, crazy when it, when and entertaining. It, when it, 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 it pulls fact, it's the almost cord. cheesy. Like it's it's very it, it it gets to a point where suddenly there's makeup effects and things that like oh, yeah. before the movie was like pretty realistic and suddenly it's like very like whoa oh yeah uh, but it's awesome. Uh, in fact, something I wanted to bring up to you uh, is is the the actual the moment when the finale begins, mm. which is the blinking of the blood moon. Oh yeah, you know, that was, was the, cool. Boom, boom, boom. That's the thing. I think he's got boom, styled boom, boom. for days. Oh, that totally is so a style for days. Great. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah, it, check that movie out. It's it, it's a three star movie for me. I, I don't want to over talk. I'll put it, it this it's, way: it's as someone good. who's not a like the hugest fan, it's completely worth watching yeah. twice. You know, yeah. and so I'm into that. It, yeah, I I, I enjoyed that. That would be my recommend right now. I think. Uh, although I am gonna take a look at my list of things I've watched recently. Oh yeah, as you recommend something. Well, I'm gonna recommend something, and I'm also gonna recommend we wrap up because I am gonna try and go see that movie at nine forty five. Let's do it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and recommend this. You can go out to the theater to see this right now. It opened in Philly this week. I watched it this week. It's a really interesting, fun, unique movie called Zero Motivation. Oh, yeah. It is an Israeli military comedy, um, largely female cast. It is... uh, it's like mash for the mumble corset, but it's <laughs> completely uh, it, it's foreign because it's Israeli, and so <laughs> it. Uh, oh, well, I mean, it's it, there's there's a foreignness to it that yeah, I yeah. think adds to its charm, but it is also literally a foreign movie. Right. Um, it's a really well made movie. Uh, it's very straightforward. I would say that the director's not present, but there are moments of surrealism mm-hmm. that you you would blink and miss them, but they're there, and mm-hmm. it says like, wow, this is a filmmaker who's. Who's actually metering the the amount of of flair in a way that's effective and is true to the the tone of it? But uh, it's just a, it's a cool like I, I'd say it's like a feminist minded story about human growth that, despite having different reasons for the tensions within it that are unfamiliar, uh, uh, the tensions that arise in it are are not fully understandable because we're geographically and historically different in a different place than than where this is coming from mm-hmm. but it's all like stuff that is completely understandable on a human level um like, like any feelings that you have about whatever's going on in in Israel like check that at the door because it is simply not about that it mm-hmm. is just a human story that's set in a world where there is mandatory military service mm-hmm. it's funny it's a dark comedy. It's mm-hmm. very funny. Um, all of the the actresses in it are like really good. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's cool. There's a lot of humor there. That sounds great. It's a cool movie. It's yeah. really short. It's very lighthearted, but it's a dark comedy. Yeah, zero motivation. I say check it out. Um, it's worth going to check out, and in a way, I'd say it's worth going to see simply because like it'll probably be in the theater mm-hmm. for a week. Mm-hmm. So you know, go throw your money at it. Yeah. It's worth the ten bucks you'll spend. Uh, one last quick recommend because I know we want to wrap up, but I know you'll agree with me to recommend this uh, because I think it's still available in Philly to go see right now. Is oh, what, what we, we do, in do in the shadows. shadows. I recommended this in the last I episode. I think you did. Yeah. Uh, I caught up with it this week, and man, is it great. It's uh, so funny. It's just so funny. It is so – and a, a great movie movie. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's small, small budget, hugely effective, and some actually big effects sequences that mm-hmm. are very well done and well handled. for and Because they're practical. It's yeah, cheap. yeah. It's mm-hmm. – uh, m- it's just great. It's really funny. It, it, you got to check it out. I, I highly recommend that movie. We should have slaves. <laughs> so it's, good. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. Okay, so social media stuff. Find us on Twitter at I Like Two Movie. That's with the number two. Facebook.com slash I Like Two Movie. That's with the number two. Uh, when you get to Facebook, please look for uh, Game Show Night at Philomoka uh, and RSVP on the page. Uh, we are doing 
Schwarzenegger movies this month, March 12th at Philomoca, beginning at 7.30, as we do every month now with Curses as a Double Bill, uh, which is another great Philadelphia game show. You can find me, Garrett Smith, on Twitter at Philadelphia. That is with an F. Uh, follow me there. Uh, and uh, you know what? Check out this blog that I used to do called The Nexicon, thenexicon.tubletter.com. It's cool. Boom. Uh, at Dan Scully on Twitter. Um, check out supercrappyfuntime.com. That will actually link you to literally everything that we both mentioned. Yep. Um, that's my other show, Super Crappy Fun Time. And um, if you want more movie stuff, check out cinadelphia.com. Uh, doing some writing for them. Weekly blog and, and a couple reviews each week. Uh, most recently with Zero Motivation. Mm-hmm. You know, So if you ever need some some thoughts on it, and I believe soon we'll have access to uh, Letterboxd and, and Flickchart and all that, we're, we're, so you can actually get into, uh, you know, get into each of our individual thoughts about movies. Yeah. And in fact, if you want, you can right now go to Letterboxd.com and look up Filmadelphia, the same thing as my uh, my Twitter mm-hmm. handle, and see about 98 reviews of movies I've I've watched over the last Boom. year. And you can get, you know, I think the 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 point being here via Cinadelphia, via the website we're going to build. Yes. You can go to thedanscully.tumblr.com via all that. You can find I think movie, what movie, I'm mostly asking opinions. for is uh, talk back. Yeah, please. You know, we're sitting here talking at each other, and we, I, I think we generally agree what what works for each of us and what doesn't. So. Whereas we could probably talk endlessly about movies, I think that might limit some of the conversation we could have. Yeah. And so, in the absence of guests and all that, uh, we want you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Talk back and just say something. Yeah, yeah. Give give us something to 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 argue about the way we argued about Whiplash. We'd love it. Boom! Bring it (laughs) in. We would (laughs) absolutely. Uh, All right, I think that does it. Uh, So uh, let's let's do our wrap up. Uh, We mentioned the show, right? The live show, yeah. The live show, March twelfth. Please come, March twelfth at Philomoca, seven thirty p.m. Schwarzenegger movies. Boom. Uh, My name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie. And hear the lamentation of the women. We (laughs) like to to movie. movie!